0: Those feeling the cost-of-living crisis are in for a spring bonus. Speaking over the weekend, Tisha Gleir of Radker pointed to the necessity to help those in need with uh, perhaps a mixture of targeted and universal benefits, but did not specify uh, what those might be. So, is a universal payment the best way forward when a more targeted approach might prove more effective? Well, I'm joined now by the political editor with the Irish Examiner, Danny McConnell, and by the CEO of Bernardo's Suzanne Connolly. Good morning and welcome to you both. Both. And we'll get the politics of this first, uh, D- Danny. Um, the Tishuk uh, pressed as to how uh, he might help those uh, suffering uh, from inflation, as we all are, to some or uh, you know, to some extent, greater or lesser. Um, but he didn't specify what he might do. But certainly, there's something coming.
1: There certainly is, Pat. And um, both the Taoiseach and Justice Minister Simon Harris were out yesterday, making it very clear. That they support the, you know, the use of universal measures in addition to some targeted measures. Now, the T did specify two groups of people: pensioners and those on social welfare, as, as as being hardest hit by this cost of living crisis. And there needs to be something done for them. So, you know, what, what you're looking at there is probably more, maybe a possible additional welfare bonus payment, uh, maybe an further extension of fuel allowance, etc. Like that. So they're the sort of measures that could come in the welfare space. But what is very clear in terms of universal payments, um, it's all but given now that there will be an extra uh, energy credit. So we know that there's one more to come in March in the current cycle of three that was announced on budget day, but there's likely to be a further one after that. And that's even before we get into what happens next winter, because we know there'll be an additional package announced on budget day in October. Um, there's also likely to be some move in relation to the excise cut on fuel. Um, there, there, there'll obviously be some talk about, um, you know, uh, Pairing that back but there is some suggestion that that may be extended uh, despite calls from the ECB to, to do away with it and also the energy credit um, that has proven to be very popular and has also proven to be very um, so politically uh, palatable mm. so um, so, so, so there are a number of measures there Pat that are likely to be extended uh, both on a universal basis and on a targeted basis and um, we know that ministers Pascal Donahue and Michael McGrath are meeting on Thursday To basically sign off on this, we know that the three party leaders are meeting this evening and there's a full cabinet meeting tomorrow. So there'll be a number of steps to be taken before the end of the week. But I expect an an announcement very, very soon in relation to all of this.
0: Now, the question of how this is to be funded, um, it almost amounts to a mini budget.
1: It does, without question, it does. Um, and um, because there's obviously likely to be some announcements as well, we're expecting an announcement on tax measures, i.e., the VAT rate in relation to hospitality. It was very notable yesterday that when pushed um, <clears throat> uh, on RTU television, Pierre Starherty. Uh, identified as the 9% tax uh, reduction for hospitality as the one area that Sinn Féin would maybe be willing to sacrifice um, because he was asked what would they do uh, in in terms of kind of tapering stuff off and that was the one example that he he gave. So without kind of strong opposition pressure to keep that i think we might see some move on that so when you're, when you're talking you know a change in tax measures and obviously significant spending increases um that in in any terms amounts to a mini budget without question yeah
0: now the question of windfall taxes on <coughs> energy companies uh, do you know where that stands right now because obviously if you've got a big whack of money it might go some way to help fund uh, these extra expenses for people
1: yeah, so obviously that there have been moves at European level to try and, and target your you know, these wind so called windfall taxes on energy companies and we know take the ESB, for example, which I think we were talking about the other day, Pat, you know, it made 375 million euro in profit last year. So there's definitely an appetite to go there. I still think what they're trying to figure out is the me- the, the actual mechanism to do so, and how quick they can actually do it. Um, but certainly, speaking to a number of ministers yesterday, I was on duty Same, there is an appetite uh, to certainly um, make sure that there can be some windfall. We know that Ireland is in, in line for several billion euro uh, of that, but I think very much the, the attitude of the Irish government is that it'll be done sort of as, as part a coordinated European approach. I don't necessarily see an Irish, um, you know, an independent Irish um, exercise. Mm-hmm. Given, the, I suppose, the, the, how how heavily we rely. You know for for foreign sources, for our energy, um, so I think it'll be in that space rather than say anything that the government here will do on its own.
0: I mean, it is one of those uh, kind of one off windfall payments. Uh, it may recur if the war goes on and energy prices remain as they are and and uh, nothing is done to change the energy market uh, so that uh, certain companies will uh, keep making these uh, windfall gains, but uh, it's likely to be as I say temporary, uh, let us hope. And therefore, they can spend it on, if you like, a temporary measure. It's not something that they need to uh, think about, Uh, but it has to be temporary. It it can be, for example, um, one-off payments. But if you jack up uh, rates permanently, then you're looking to fund something with a, a resource which is not ongoing.
1: Absolutely, and in fairness to both Michael McGrath and Pascal Donahue, they've made that point repeatedly about all of these additional measures, not only ju- during the cost-of-living crisis, but going back into COVID-19 in terms of that, you know, measures that are, are brought in in an emergency are really only that, they're there for an emergency, not not to be there permanently because I think we all remember that was the mistake of of, of the noughties, you know, where, you know, permanent spending increases were, were put in place based on kind of windfall or, or, or temporary taxes. Like So um, I, I think they've been careful not to go down that road. However, I do think, you know, Know, between the the kind of the effect of all of these supports emergency supports that came in through covid and what we've seen through the cost of living i think what the, you're seeing is the government really grappling with the difficulty of actually unwinding you know, these measures um because people do come to rely on them they you know politically it can be very difficult uh, when you've got a rabid you know kind of opposition particularly you know they very noisy Hard left element within Dal Aaron and who, you know, would just want more and more and more all the time. Um, it, it can be very politically difficult uh, to start unwinding these things. Um, so, therefore, I think what you'll see all the, all the way through any of these conversations is an insistence on the the part of Michael McGrath and Pascal Dunderhoo that these would be temporary one off measures to try and, 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 and sort of resist that pressure. But it is difficult, there's no doubt about that.
0: Danny, thank you very much for joining us. Danny McConnell, political editor with the Irish Examiner. Suzanne Connolly, CEO of Bernardo's. Good morning, Suzanne good morning. Now, it looks like a mixture of uh, benefits. What would be most effective from your perspective?
2: In Bernardo's, we think it's incumbent on the government to benefit those who need it most. And we know from research that we undertook with with Aldi, which was announced last week, that there are a lot of families there who are really, really struggling. So we know that 29% of parents were reducing their own meals in order to feed their children. So we do recognize that it's a broader need than you would necessarily have thought in Ireland. So I understand why the government's grappling with targeted versus universal, or we want to do both targeted and universal, but in Bernard's we'd be saying really target those who need it most, which generally are lone parents and people on fixed incomes, and indeed those who are on low incomes who are working. Because that'll benefit children and families most, which is our priority.
0: Yeah. So, so in terms of uh, the universality of the child benefit, for example, um, there's no doubt that some monies will go to people who absolutely don't need it. But you can't go behind the whole door of every house and, and discover those needs.
2: That's exactly it, and that's why we think the universality of child benefit is a really good thing because of that. However, what we need to think about is that when when we double universal payments or when we extend universal payments across the country, then you're reducing the income that's available to give to people who really need it. And that's the, the key thing that the government needs to think about because there may be things that are more politically expedient and may generally be, be a good news story. However, they're in leadership for a reason and they need to think about those who may not have a voice, such as children and parents on low income who really, really need the support.
0: Mm. So, so how do you go about it? I mean, in principle, you're in favour of uh, universality in the child benefit system, um, but you are feeling that you know, it would be better to target it more precisely. How do you actually do that?
2: I think what you do is you, you, the, the, the clever brains in the Department of Social Protection needs to look at the range of measures that are available to families and see how they impinge upon each other and make sure that they are able to target the resources that those who probably didn't get very much in the last budget will, will get more. So those are, for example, those families on working family payment. I think that that's one example of that. I think the fuel allowance is also a very, very good thing to extend. And in Bernardo's, we are always talking about the importance of making um school free for children, So that's the universal measure that, that we would like the government to think about, because then you do benefit benefit children as a whole, but you also in some ways are targeting those most in need because all children go to school.
0: Yeah, And in terms of the the universal nature of uh, social welfare payments, be it pensions, uh, and they have uh, referenced pensioners who may be in all sorts of difficulty at at the moment, but those uh, payments, job seekers and so on, were they to be increased uh, right across the board, would that be appropriate or not?
2: Well, I suppose all of us, I mean, you know, older people are by very nature being older, do have more needs in terms of fuel and heating and all that. So, so it's very hard for the government to do anything but, but do an increase in pension because of that. Um, I, think, I think when it comes to other measures, again, I'm, I suppose I'm asking those in, in the department to really think about, based on their knowledge, who, who would benefit most. You know? And I suppose generally what I've heard in particular in relation to the, to the universal um, money that we all got in relation to, to our electricity bills, not everyone does need that. So I would love if the government could think of a way of, of targeting that to those who most need it, rather than giving it en masse to everyone who doesn't. And a lot of people have talked about that. Now, they always come back and say it's, it's, it's very difficult to do that in practice. Mm. But surely they can think of a means by which they could, they could benefit those who need it, which doesn't mean that en masse those who don't need it get get a windfall.
0: Yeah, There is one way which makes uh, you know, sense fiscally but not necessarily politically, and that would be to make any such payments taxable. So if you are paying taxes then you pay tax on these benefits. Uh, if you're not paying taxes, well, then you don't pay.
2: Yeah, I have to say I'm not a tax expert, but, but I would be in, um, in, in favour of anything that just gives more money to those who need it. And I'm sure those in Ireland who have plenty of money would feel likewise. I mean, certainly people I've talked to have said to me, we don't need it, um, and we wish the government would direct it to those who do.
0: All right, Suzanne Connolly, the CEO of Bernardo's. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the programme.